More news on an entertainer being caught in an alleged sex cult. No, not R. Kelly. Allison Mack, formerly of Smallville. Meanwhile, Arnold Schwarzenegger had to undergo emergency heart surgery this week, and the affluenza teen is now free after serving only two years of his sentence. We'll talk about those stories and a whole lot more, but we'll talk about some other ones first because those three, while big, not exactly the top 10 material for this week. You'll find out which stories did make the top 10 this week, plus a whole bunch of other ones in just a bit. I'm Jay Cleveland Payne. This is the weekly wrap-up show for the week ending April the 7th, 2018. And welcome to the show. This is a presentation of ThisIsAConversation.com, the website that handles all the best conversations with all the best conversationalists. That's a real word, but not quite using the right tech context for this meaning. And why do we have this show? Why does it exist? Why am I talking to you or really talking to this microphone that you're hearing later on in the week? Well, it's pretty simple. What we do with This Is A Conversation is we have a couple of feeds that go throughout social media and we pull in the response from you out there in the world on what stories are really the ones that are in your crawl, the ones that are bugging you too much, the ones that you really are worried about, as opposed to what's stuck on the chirons all day long on the TV news. Here in the United States, we have the major TV news stations and, of course, the major stations uh, with the networks, and they all gather what they think is what the people want to see, but they also have to make a little extra money by by playing up the hits, if you will. So a lot of things that are scandalous, a lot of things that are, if it bleeds, it leads, and a whole lot of Trump these days. Sometimes Trump isn't the big story, and we ask you what all the stories are with links to stories from various media outlets on various different topics, some more serious than others, some really, really silly, and some that just kind of got uh, caught my interest so I threw out there to see what would happen. You respond to them via social media, following us on Facebook at This Is The Conversation and on Twitter at TH underscore Conversation. And as you like, love, hate, share, laugh, reply to all the links that we send via social media, we gather those information and your engagements, put them in a spreadsheet, do some algorithm stuff, and bam, we come up with the top 10 list of stories as per you every single week. We also do a full listing of everything within the window from Friday to Friday-ish, 121 individual stories this week. And we did something interesting this week in the further testing of how things go along. We allow two really big stories from last week that posted late or more or less late in the game early on Friday. And we let them stick around and play with this week's and they are still ranking fairly high, even with a lot of major stories happening this week. So a couple really big holdovers from last week will be in here. We'll explain some of that in the quote unquote housekeeping section in the second part. Yes, the second part of the show is still here. We hadn't got back to interviews yet, but we'll do some housekeeping and we'll talk about what I will say is essentially the one story in the top eight, one of the top stories that really picked out at me. Shorter commentary and go quick through that. And we'll wrap things up by going over the most, well, not the most, but the almost irrelevant story of the week. This story was the lowest ranked in the grouping, 121, if you will. We'll tell you what that one is in the third segment. Plus, we'll round out the top 15 and get in as many other stories as we can in time that allots. So let's go ahead and get started with the show today and get into the story number one, which is actually story number 10. Headline for that one is Air France cancels a quarter of flights amid strike over pay. We posted this one on Friday, March 30th, so last Friday. And we actually had a lot of stories from Friday that had a lot of juice to stick around. 
And so that was kind of, I guess, interesting in that case. The big ones we'll get to in a bit. But let's start off with this one on Air France. Issues with airlines is a thing that's a kind of a growing thing around the nation and the world, if you will, here in the nation of the United States and around the world. But French airline Air France had a quarter of its flights uh, canceled due to a day-long strike over pay on last Friday. The company said in a statement that 20% of its long-haul flights were canceled Friday, as well as 30% of its medium-haul flights arriving departing from uh, Paris uh, Charles de Gaulle Airport. Air France recommended that the passengers check their flights before they went to the airport to find out whether their ticket was on the way. So it didn't do a complete shutdown, but the big thing is Air France and payment of just airline workers in general have issues. The strike was aiming to put pressure on management to increase salaries by 6% across the board. We'll see how well that works out. I say that a lot, but we will see how well it works out. Next story, number nine, a story that's not quite French, but sort of is, that is quite sports, which dominated the week, and it gets a bump of response from the 10 story of 11.7% in response from you out there. The headline, Notre Dame wins national title on the last second shot. This was posted on Sunday, April the 1st. It actually happened on Saturday, March the 31st. That was the day of the women's championship for their Final Four in the NCAAs for basketball. And Notre Dame, who was able to knock out the favorite UConn, who hadn't, won, hadn't lost a game in like a season and a half, was able to take over and win the final game in the last shot effort, which was amazing for all. Now, Notre Dame, not a Cinderella story like, like many in the tournament because they were also a number one seed in their region. But when they went one-to-one against UConn, they were able to outlast UConn, who has, of course, blown out people the entire series. UConn, of course, uh, was able to blow out a team in the first round by scoring 90 points in the first quarter. That says they were pretty good. Notre Dame, of course, was just good enough to beat them and good enough to beat uh, the final team in the tournament for the women's side, and that gave them the win in the women's side of the tournament. Now, oddly enough, the men's ball didn't quite make it to the top 15, even though there was a lot of stories going on with a lot of things happening. So very quickly, a quick congratulations to Villanova for their second win in two years, and a quick congratulations for Loyola Chicago for doing what they could and lasting as long as they could, being a true Cinderella, but not quite having enough magic in the slipper to make it all the way towards the end. Moving on to the eighth story this week, the headline is Teen Killed While He, Friend, Show Off Rifle Money on Instagram Video. All those pauses because of the commas in the title. And it was a pretty serious story. It happened, and he posted at least on Wednesday, April the 4th this week, Bump a response of 4.76 from the nine story. A quick read from the USA Today's headline story that we got it from. A teen was killed live on Instagram video in his living room of one of his best friends, police said Tuesday. Dylan Hemphill, 18, and the suspect, also 18, were showing off money and a rifle on the video when the shooting happened at 11.55 p.m. Eastern Time Monday on the city's west side. Detroit police and Hemphill mothers said. Hemphill's friends accidentally put his finger on the trigger of the firearm and discharged it, officers said. Hemphill was struck in the back of the head, and it was pretty much quick and done just like that. Uh, just another example of making sure you know what your kids are up to and what they're really, really doing and how weird and how dangerous social media can be on both sides. The fact that they're doing this silly thing to show off some stuff, and because of that, uh, a very simple accident and a very, very serious, serious event happening here. As I said, make sure you know what your kids are doing, especially on social media, because sometimes what they think is silly, stupid fun turns into something really stupid 
like we say in this case. The number seven story is our first holdover from last week. Dutch Holocaust hero Johan von Holtz dies at 107. It gets a bumper response from the number eight story of 26.36%. So it was still moving pretty fast. And we posted this uh, early-ish on Friday, Friday, March 30th. So it's had a little time to gain a little momentum, but it was one of the highest-ranking stories based on response uh, for last week. I believe it was uh, it was either two or, or three. This one and the other holdover was a two or three. And it stayed along for this one, holding on to number seven, which shows just how big some of the other stories were this week, how much greater they were than last week's stories. Let's give you a really quick rundown for those who have heard this story, because it was told last week. Reading quickly from the CNN report we had, Johan von Horst, a former Dutch senator and teacher renowned for his efforts to save hundreds of Jewish children during the Holocaust, died March 22nd at the age of 107, the Dutch Senate announced this week. As principal of the Reformed Teachers Training College, Van Hurst found himself at the center of a growing operation to smuggle Jewish children out of Amsterdam to protect them from Nazi persecution during the Second World War. The college had a garden that was right next there bordering a Jewish daycare center, and hundreds of Jewish children were passed over the fence to be hidden by Van Hurst before they were collected by members of the Children's Rescue Organization to be smuggled to safety. You've heard about the story of Schindler's List, and as time goes by and we are losing a lot of these heroes, we're hearing more of their stories that are hopefully being hopefully being taken down for people to learn about them in the future because if we don't keep up with our past, we are doomed to repeat it in many times. And sometimes these very subtle and solemn stories teach us a whole lot. Let's move ahead to the next story of the week. And this is the number six. It gets a bump a response of 6.47%. Wednesday, April 4th is the date we posted it. Of course, it's posted on the day after opening day of Major League Baseball. Los Angeles Angels' Shohan Otani hits first career MLB home run in home debut. Debut? Debut? Versus Cleveland Indians. This is a big deal for a lot of folks, a really big deal for a lot of folks, because it popped up so quickly in the day and managed to stick around to be the sixth story of the week. Let me read you a little bit from the story we pulled from the Bleacher Report, and I'm going to butcher the name because that's what I do. Shone Otani dazzled fans at Los, as an, at Angel Stadium on Tuesday with the first career home run in Major League Baseball. I butchered the, the Angels, not Shoney's name. Uh, in the bottom of this first inning, Otani launched a three-run homer off Cleveland Indian star Josh Tomlin. This was Otani's second start at designated hitter and his first at home. The Japanese sensation previously went one for five with a single in a season opener against Oakland Athletics on March 29th. So there you go. Uh, that was the home opener, not the opening day for Major League Baseball because sometimes Jay reads a little too fast. But, of course, big story that lasted quite the week, the number six stories for this week. Going to the number five story, and one story that was basically the hot-button topic for a lot of people and had a, had people you know wringing their hands and, and tapping their heads and thinking twice about a lot of things. The headline, Shots Fired Near YouTube HQ in Northern California. We posted this on Tuesday, April 3rd, basically as it was happening. Bump in response from the sixth story is 3.38% from you guys out there. And we're going to give you the basics of what happened right now. There were three people shot. The suspect, a female, which is odd in these cases, died from what we believe is a self-inflicted gun wound. We have not seen any any new things on the on the incident, but more about her, and we'll get to that in a bit by a woman named Nassim Adgadam. Uh, she uh, was 39, and a day before her birthday, went to YouTube 
being basically a disgruntled YouTuber, uh, not happy that her videos were not getting enough love in the system. And this wasn't a big time moneymaker. She just thought her content was being censored. And it's odd because she's, while a lot of her videos were sort of crazy-ish, what she was touting was animal cruelty and fighting animal cruelty. But she didn't see the results she thought she should see from YouTube. So she went to this YouTube headquarters and went there with a, an admission to cause some trouble, which she did. Uh, we're learning more and more about this. And, of course, one of the most shocking numbers that came out of this is basically 4%. That's the number of women in about a 20-ish year span who have been involved in mass shooting on the shooting end. So while the profile definitely didn't fit what was going on, uh, first, it was a woman, which is very rare. Second, they thought it was a domestic dispute. It turned out it was more of a just dis disgruntledness that was oddly in themselves. So many questions left in this thing about how a person who supposedly was trying to show her love on the video platform went out like this. So now we move on to the next story, which is the four story this week. Badly decomposed body found in Chattahoochee River, northwest Atlanta. We posted this on Wednesday, April the 4th, basically as we kind of saw it. Uh, this was a bump in response from the five-story of 7.19%. These are details we received from Channel 2, WSB-TV in Atlanta from their website, reading directly from it. Police are investigating a body found near the Chattahoochee River in northwest Atlanta Tuesday night. Channel Two Action News has learned multiple agencies arrived on the scene before 10 p.m. behind the Atlanta Public Safety Annex along Donald Lee Holland Hollowell Parkway. Officials said the body appeared badly decomposed. The Atlanta Police Homicide Unit is investigating. And that's all we have on that one. Going on to the next story for this week, this is the number three story. This is our second holdover for the week, and it actually was so big, it is still the biggest youth or biggest Facebook um number this week it had the biggest facebook response and it happened last thursday and posted last friday to get in here so that tells you how big this thing was and grew over the weekend it has a bumper response from the four story of 67.68 percent it is colin delia and emergency backup scott foster make debut in blackhawk 6-2 win now, this was a story from last weekend or last early last weekend, Thursday, where the Blackhawks were down a main goalie. So they went to their backup who they didn't think they'd be playing anytime soon. And to back him up, they pulled an emergency goalie. Something they do in hockey is if you're short on people, there are people who are in town or nearby that you can call up. Not even like a minor league thing. You just not from like a minor league team. It's just some random dude. And Scott Foster, essentially a random dude playing on beer league hockey, if you will. Uh, rec league hockey, I should say, uh, was able to be called up, sit in the box, and got a chance to uh, play and do a great job in backing up the backup, Colin Delia, uh, for the Blackhawks in their win last week. Now, going to another sports story, and sports did sort of dominate the top 10 this week, which is weird. Steve Kerr confronted Vince Carter after scary Patrick McCaw injury. Let's go through this very quickly because it's not a lot to it. But there is a lot to it. We posted this on Sunday, April the 1st. It had a bump response from the three of 26.5%. So this one moved up the charts very quickly, if you will. So here's what happened. Basketball game between the Golden State Warriors and Sacramento Kings happened last weekend. And one of the sort of running gag jokes in the NBA is Vince Carter, the greatest player never to win anything, but apparently to 
dominate all sorts of of records and all sorts of people. And in fact, he seems like the oldest man in the world playing basketball because people are always forgetting he's playing basketball. And he still plays at a very high level at what's an advanced age for a sports player. Uh, on a shot, Patrick McCaw of the Warriors went up for went up to take a shot, and then he was essentially um, kneecapped by Vince Carter, who went under him sort of in the moment, trying to get out of the way and ended up knocking him down. McCaw had to be taken off on a stretcher. It was so bad. Steve Kerr immediately went to kind of, you know, nutso mode to uh, to make sure that his guy was okay. And then after seeing just how how distraught Vince Carter was on the other side, on the King side, he went to confront him after the weird injury. It was a, it was a good showing of sportsmanship, a good showing that these guys are in a family, in a club, and while they are playing against each other and competing against each other, it really is a very tight-knit community of people who aren't looking to hurt anybody, only in odd cases. Vince Carter, never known to be somebody who was out there as a wild player, he just happened to be literally the wrong place at the wrong time during the play. Uh, no update on McCall from this story, and we'll probably get something on that if this one can stays around because this one did get a lot of response. It may stick around if we get an update for uh, next week to pull this into the ranks. This brings us to the top story of this week, the number one, and this one has a distinction of having literally just a day to run, maybe you can say not even uh, 18 hours or so. And this one just straight up dominated from the get-go, which this man is known to do in his actual profession of beating people up. We're talking about the UFC. We're talking about the big upcoming date for UFC, which is 223. But we're talking about somebody who's not actually involved in this this next upcoming bout. It's Conor McGregor, who came on to make an appearance at the uh, press conference and ended up arrested and maybe facing serious charges and probably getting fired from the UFC. The headline that we posted initially on the date it went live, which is, of course, uh, Thursday, April the 5th, was Conor McGregor makes appearance at UFC 223 Media Day. This was, of course, the highest ranking on Twitter and fairly high on Facebook as well, making it marking up to the number one spot. It gets a bump response from the number two spot of 45.69%. The 10 story this week, uh, Air France's uh, flights being canceled. It is 439% more responsive. And of the almost relevant story, number 121, which we'll tell you about much later, but it was more responsive, this story on Conor McGregor, at 16,800%. The story headline from the updated version we pulled up from ESPN reads like this. Conor McGregor throws objects at bus transporting UFC 223 fighters, and it gets worse. Let's go with the story, the bit pieces of the story from ESPN. UFC star Conor McGregor stormed the media day on Thursday ahead of UFC 223, damaging a bus and injuring two fighters in the process. UFC President Dana White said credentialed new journalists from McGregor's website, The Mac Life, let McGregor and a large entourage into the Barclays Center. So he got in by sneaking in with someone who had credentials. McGregor turned himself into police after Thursday in the wake of the incident. That was totally butchered, but you get the point. In a video posted by TMZ, McGregor is shown lifting a dolly and throwing it into one of the bus's windows. That would probably cause uh, someone to think he was storming the situation. Not a good look for Conor McGregor. Uh, one of the things he's upset about, he got stripped of one of his belts, he's, so he's not happy about that. He's having some, secure, some serious, current serious issues in his booking, which means he's not making any money, uh, so he's a bit disgruntled. 
So he took it out on probably the wrong people, a bus full of people showing up for the event and some fighters who are getting paid and doing the work this weekend, of course, getting hurt in the process. Not a good look for Conor McGregor. He may have to deal with serious charges, and the UFC may drop him completely, which means good news for someone else, some other promotion, and maybe even boxing if he can get his skills up. But for UFC, we will see, as we say a lot here. We shall see how that works out. That is the top story for this week, and how did it get there? By you. You responded to us, me, the website, thisisconversation.com, and the movement that is the conversation via Facebook and Twitter. On Facebook, you follow us by going to This Is a Conversation, Facebook.com slash This Is a Conversation. That'll get you to our page there. For Twitter, it's Twitter.com slash TH underscore conversation or at TH underscore conversation. Follow us on those social media platforms, and as you see us, our links to various stories come down in your feed. Like them, love them, hate them, share them, reply to them, or reply straight to me, and even go to the website and see what's going on. That way you can see the big picture of how things are going down throughout the day. And as they gather more love, more hate, more response, and it's a response, they get added together into a nice little package, and the spreadsheet tells me which ones are the tops and which ones are the bottoms. The tops this week is, I'm not even going to do the bad accent, Connor McGregor. On the way next, we will go to the housekeeping segment and tell you why we're doing some things we're doing, including why we still have a middle segment in just a bit here for the weekly wrap-up show for the week ending April the 7th, 2018. I'm Nick. And I'm Justin. We are the Epic Film Guys, and we'd like just a moment of your time to talk about an extremely important event coming up this May. Last year, we hosted the live stream for The Cure, a 12-hour live stream fundraiser where we raised $2,500 for the Cancer Research Institute. 86 cents out of every dollar raised goes to research toward finding a cure. And this year, we're aiming to smash that goal, and we need your help to do it. Join us from May 18th through the 20th for 30 hours of amazing live stream content from us and a whole host of amazing podcasters who will be joining us to try to reach $5,000. For more information, please visit www.livestreamforthecure.com. Together, we can make a difference. For those of you new to the weekly wrap-up show, this was a three-segment show where the middle segment had a game, the game show element, where we interviewed different people, different interesting people, and talked about them so we can get the them part out. That's what it's good. That's what they get out of it. They get a chance to promote themselves. And then we play a game that the name shifted, but essentially was a bracket-style game for the news where we would take the top ten stories in the first segment and we rearrange them in a random order and then we'd offer them up to them in a bracket style to see who would win to get down to one final story, their top story of the week, and then they get a chance to talk about it for three, five minutes on the story, just freeform whatever they thought about it. It was fun. It was interesting. It was enlightening. I got a chance to play with a lot of different friends of mine that I've known professionally, a lot of new people that I've found as new friends professionally and just kind of randomly in the world of social media and just the Internet and stuff like that. And I got a chance to talk to some pretty good influence influencers here or there as we grew the thing. Unfortunately, time and life have gotten in the way of that segment. 
So we still have the second segment here that's going to be housekeeping and some kind of rule things. And I still will do what I've been doing for the past couple of weeks. I'm going to tell you which story of the top eight is the most impactful story of, of the week. I may stretch the 10 and, and make it figure out that. But I'm essentially playing the brackets by myself and figuring out which story beats out the other based on what's there. And so I'll get to that in a moment. But we're looking to try to find a way, and it's basically it's time and timing, which oddly sound the same, are two different things. The timing of getting interviews in and getting scheduled around people scheduled to get it into the timing of the show to get it out for the weekend and the time it takes to make all that stuff happen are issues that makes that not work out as well. So we're going to keep this the middle segment. There's a grand design to place this program uh, onto the radio radio, terrestrial radio, if you will, and not just keep it as a straight podcast. One of the reasons why we call it a show, because it's made to be used in other segments. And we're building it with specific segments to allow plenty of time for commercials and breaks for the local stations. It may not be in the more normal format they're expecting, but it should offer them up actually extra time, even though it doesn't quite line up towards the normal clock. That's that's a um, business speak for how the commercials run on your show. So it's going to stay that way. Plus, it does give me a little extra time to explain while how things are going and talk about the life of the website, life of the podcast, life of this mission. And the slight name change from hashtag This Is Conversations weekly wrap up show to now the weekly wrap up show. And in the conversational vein, it is Jay Cleveland Payne's, that's me weekly wrap-up show. We're doing some changes to do, well, basically to, to kind of make things a little easier to figure out. The hashtag following thing isn't quite working, to be honest. And so hashtagging a lot of things isn't doing the response that I'd like it to do. It does make things easier to find for my purpose, but no one's out there really sharing the hashtag, so we're going to give up on that one. Hashtags aren't exactly old news, but for some purposes, they don't work out as well, and we're finding our purpose it doesn't work out as well. Other than that, we're going to keep on doing what we're doing. I've loved the response I've gotten lately about the way we're getting the stories in, the way we are doing things that are more brief. So the brevity pledge I gave about a year ago is working, and we're being more concise and more interactive with you and more engaging in the way things go down, especially explaining the the percentages of how things are responding from story to story and which ones get more love on Facebook and Twitter. You folks are really loving the fact that you know that whatever platform you're using, it does make a difference that it's not just one straight platform or a fake, a literally a fake uh, listing that I just pulled up and just threw together. The numbers from Twitter matter, numbers from Facebook matter, and other platforms as we find ways to gather them and put them easily into the format, they can matter as well. I also love the response we got from people who have gone and reviewed the podcast at iTunes, which we've doing some. Um, I've been doing some um, better, better networking, if you will with people and getting more responses to the podcast that we have. And if you want to find a more podcast we have, we have them at morebettermedia.com. Uh, check it out for all the podcasts we're producing right now and a couple that are coming really soon. Uh, they're not all just news recaps. Some of them are business reviews or business questions answered here. Some of them are for personal development, like Steps to Your Better You and the 10-Minute Life Coach. And we have more coming on for more teaching as well as we get time, as time allots getting them on there. So that's all to come. Thank you so much for being on this one. Once again, we remind you, share it with friends, share it with enemies, share it with random strangers so we get more people in with more conversations. 
on a fairly busy week despite a crazy week in the real world for me. Now, very quickly, let's get on to, well, we don't really have a quite name for it yet, but this is my pivotal story of the week, the biggest one that I did, and where I essentially played the brackets by myself, but only using the top eight stories for this week. So I automatically eliminated the Notre Dame story winning the national title and the Air France canceling their flights. But they all sort of go together when I went through the mix. The story I picked, and it was a very sports-dominating week, but the story I actually picked throughout the back and forth, and of course they're out of order, so it does change which ones go back and forth towards each other, was the shots fired near YouTube headquarters in Northern California, the uh, lady who attacked the YouTube headquarters, because it brought in a lot of different ideas, but it does go along the same matters of a lot of the other stories, sports-related and some of them combat-related, being Conor McGregor being both sports and combat. You never really know what's going to happen next, so it's it's best to be prepared for as many things as possible. I learned this way back when, when I got back in the radio and started doing the very menial jobs, the weekend board op stuff where I would be the only person in the building and managing hosts for shows who aren't radio professionals. They just show up on the weekends and do a show and walk out and things would go wrong. Things would be missing. Things would be just sort, just well out of sorts. And I'd have to come in, you know, load up for bear, ready for anything. I was laughed at. Uh, by a very, very kind gentleman uh, who would see me walk in with two large duffel bags full of stuff, which included a couple of libraries of CDs, a couple of extra sets of headphones, a couple of sets of wires and things and a, a computer and whatnot so that I could do what needed to be done because the engineer at the time had a tendency to ignore my phone calls when things went wrong, and so that meant I would have to fix them. And the ironic part was I could actually fix them as opposed to other people who made them worse, which I think was part of what the engineer didn't like about me was I could actually do the things. So when we go back to this situation at YouTube, we talked about it when we went over the story in the top 10. The fact that point or 4% of women are usually the perpetrators in mass shootings. Now, while you do the profile and try to figure out why this thing happened, try to figure out how not to make it happen again, There becomes a clash in the personalities of a business, and we're seeing that a lot in the Silicon Valley and the younger businesses, and especially in millennials-type startups where people assume that the world is a better place, and an old-school business where the main focus of the business is to just make a lot of money and not really care about the people. So there's a flashpoint between the two of those, but... Uh, We're seeing there where the campus at YouTube and we're seeing that for the campuses of high schools where people are have had some incidents and the campuses of other business places where there isn't the right safeguards for everything. However, there are certain safeguards that should be placed that are basic. No one could have expected what is basically a random YouTube user who's unhappy with the views that she was getting to just wander into the headquarters and start shooting the place up. She bought the guns legally. There's nothing really wrong with her in a sense, and no serious history of mental illness from what we can tell. But she just was unhappy with the situation. And like many people who are sold a bill of goods that they can go on a YouTube and just make a million dollars and get all these followers and have all this influence, it doesn't quite work that way. 
not only does it take a little bit of luck for people to actually see you and connect with you and want to listen to you, it takes a lot of people behind the scenes to make things work well. It takes a lot of hard work. It takes some talent and some basic talent. And some of the videos that she had were just sort of weird. So not that she didn't have the eventual talent to get there, but she obviously wasn't where she was. And however she viewed the views of her videos, it was enough to make her crack in the situation. YouTube probably should have had better safeguards in allowing just allowing people into their campus because there's a lot of a lot of trade secrets in uh, that building. So they should have been better off on that end. But to expect that this was the person who would go in there being disgruntled. Remember, originally they thought it was a domestic dispute. Uh, they thought it was when they found out it was a woman, they had to go with the numbers. And, and, they, and one analyst on one of the networks basically said he had to look through 20 years of these things. And it turned out that 4% of these things were done by women. So the numbers were hard to see. She doesn't fit a profile unless there may be some mental illness that might be there. But she had nothing in the records. She had no serious therapy issues as far as I can tell. And she bought her firearm legally. Although her, her parents said she'd been missing for a few days and they found her and there was an encounter about police before the incident happened. She was calm. She was collected. Everything was fine. And then it happened. So this was a case where there weren't any weird, obnoxious signs to say something was wrong. Not like in Parkland where there apparently there were lots of signs that just went missed and things that just weren't connected. Not like in various other cases where you see a troubled person and you know a troubled person. I guess her family may have known that there was some trouble there, but it didn't really connect to the real world. How we really go forward, I don't really know, but we have to be prepared for the happy and the sad, the things that can go wrong and the things that may go right. You have to be prepared. You have to have the time to be available to make these things happen. The hockey goalie that was a financial manager by day who got the call saying, dude, tonight you're in an NHL and you're a goalie. He had to be ready for that, and he made the most of the moment. It happened. Conor McGregor made the most of a moment and made it a really bad situation, and had to, he has to prepare for the consequences of being a knucklehead for no apparent reason from what we can tell. The, the man who was uh, instrumental in saving all those lives of those young children during the Holocaust, uh, he was ready and prepared when the moment happened. Something happened, and he jumped to the rescue and did what he had to do. Good times, bad times, glad times, sad times. We must be prepared. Maybe not necessarily ready to go at a split second, but able to manage ourselves and get inside the head space we need to to move forward. That's the commentary I have right now. We're working on it. I know I shouldn't apologize so much for that, but it's a work in progress. We're trying to make things stay stable as we work on other things. In the meantime, stay tuned as we get to the almost irrelevant story of the week. I finally nailed that name, and it is story 121 for this week, followed by a roundup to wrap up the top 15. I'd like to make sure you know that what stories didn't quite make it into it and how good they were, and as many other stories as we can, as time allots, here on the weekly wrap-up show by me, Jay Cleveland Payne. This is for the week ending April the 7th, 2018. We put our spotlight on sponsor FreshBooks again this week because it's a great time to talk about FreshBooks. Actually, a better time to talk about FreshBooks was probably 
uh, about a year or so ago, which I think we did, to remind you that tax season is coming because about a year or so ago, tax season was coming and you were probably panicking about getting things in. And right now, you're probably still panicking about getting things in. So here's what you need to do going forward. I can't help you out next week. I, I can't do anything for you, but but tell you to take your time, be patient, and get in as much work as you can, and watch for the deadline because the deadline always sneaks up on you. This time, I'm telling you to check out FreshBooks. FreshBooks can help make your invoicing easy. That's right now. And help you take care of your taxes easier this time next year. It is accounting software that makes billing painless and just simply works to help you spend less time on accounting more time doing work you love so you can do more work work and make more money because the accounting system is taking care of you via fresh books it's easy to invoice it's easy to keep up with records it's easy to print reports and of course the big important thing is it's everywhere it lives in the cloud so you can have an app on your phone an app on your tablet or access it via your computer or desktop and anywhere you can be with a little bit of internet access you have access to your FreshBooks. Whether you are self-employed, whether you manage an agency, a firm, a consultancy, or a mid-level corporation, you can take care of your life and have a much better accounting life by offering yourself the gift of FreshBooks. And we're offering you a great deal by going to thisisaconversation.com slash FreshBooks. Thisisaconversation.com slash FreshBooks. Or stop by the website and click on any of our sponsors to help keep us on the air. But we are giving a very, 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 very big spotlight this week on one that we love for our business. That is FreshBooks Accounting Software. Check it out by going to thisisaconversation.com slash FreshBooks. About eight minutes remain, so thank you so much for being a part of the show this week. Remember, share it with a friend, share it with some enemies, and find some random strangers and give them the gift of this podcast. Bring in as many people as you can for the conversation. We are on Facebook at This Is A Conversation, and we're on Twitter at TH underscore conversation. React to the stories as they come through your feed, and you get your vote to see who or what or when or why or how gets into the top ten for the week, and of course, what makes it all the way down to the bottom as we go to the almost irrelevant story of this week. And this is almost irrelevant because it was one of the last stories we posted before we hit the deadline. We had some issues getting the information out, so we had more go in than we thought. But one of the later stories posted this morning, Friday, April the 6th, or as we record this, the world's first luxury hotel in space. And this was posted off of CNN.com. Very quickly, we'll get into the details on this one. It is all you could ever dream of, a space hotel or at least a room on some sort of satellite-looking thing. You get the astronaut experience for $10 million a trip. It might be within your budget for your two-week vacation. It is so far out of my budget, we're done talking about it. And we're almost out of time. So the number 11 story for this week was Smallville actress Allison Mack set to be arrested over ties to a sex cult. Now, Allison Mack is is tied to a group called Nexium, which is a self-help group that allegedly brings in girls, mostly young women, 
makes them into sex slaves, brands them, and has them do menial chores, and of course the whole sex part. Allison, it get re- the story gets even weirder. She apparently even married a, a, a cult person to keep her in the states because she had some issues with her visa and whatnot. The cult is actually led by a dude because they are a guy named Keith Rainier who was arrested in Mexico picked up um, because he's running a sex cult and yeah let's move on to the 12 story this week roseanne this is this misses trump's taking credit for ratings it's all me that's a quote from her this is a story we pulled from the hill on wednesday april the 4th the premiere of the new roseanne which is the old roseanne with a couple of wrinkles to explain some of the weirdness in roseanne uh, came back and with a new twist. Now, not that much of a twist, actually, when you think about it. Roseanne plays a blue-collar person uh, trying to fight the man in the establishment. So, of course, Roseanne's family loves guns and loves Donald Trump. And that's kind of the big theme that went through their initial thing, which the underlying story was how politics plays into a family dynamic. And it was very well done. But, of course, Trump took credit because they were talking about Trump. Roseanne said, nope, it's because we're funny. People like the characters. People like the show. It's a great thing to be on. And the Trump storyline was just the plot piece that moved the story along. Nothing to see here, Mr. Trump. It's not about you. It's really about me. There you go. The 13th story this week, NRA board member Ted Nugent calls Parkland students poor, pathetic liars with no soul. I'm just going to let that one sit with you just like that. Read the headline one more time. NRA board member Ted Nugent calls Parkland students poor, pathetic liars with no soul. And moving on. Arnold Schwarzenegger undergoes emergency heart surgery. We posted this one on Friday, March 30th, uh, and it lasted quite the bit, but not quite high enough to get into the top 10 for the week. Arnold Schwarzenegger having his heart surgery, and that became turned to pretty big breaking Cryron news for quite some time on a Friday afternoon. Uh, the story we pulled was from TMZ. Uh, the update the last gave on that day, or that the day was um, Arnold's people said the procedure was replaced a pulmonic valve, which I always mess up, that was originally replaced due to a congenital heart defect in 1997. The replacement valve was never meant to be permanent, so essentially it outlived its usefulness, so they had to replace it yesterday. A less evasive catheter to make it work. He'll be back. He just had to deal with this because it just went bad at the wrong time, but they knew what they were doing. They knew what they were expecting, so it wasn't like he was having a serious, massive coronary. He was just getting some upgrades, as the Terminator is ought to do. And the number 15 story this week, affluenza teen Ethan Couch, who killed four people in crash release after serving two years. And we have very little time, so we're going to do this very, very quickly. The story we pulled from USA Today, we've read the headline. Here's some details from inside the story. The Texas man known for his affluenza defense when he was given probation for killing four people in a 2013 drunken driving crash was released on Monday after serving two years for violating his probation. Ethan Couch, who is now 20, has almost fulfilled the 720-day sentence for violating his original probation. He was convicted of killing four people in a drunken driving accident in 2013 when he plowed a pickup truck into a group of Good Samaritans helping a stranded driver. A psychologist testifying for the defense suggested Ethan suffered from affluenza. Yeah, a term supposedly meant to indicate that 
because of a wealthy, affluent upbringing, devoid of consequences. He was capable. He wasn't capable. He was incapable. I said it three times because I messed it up the first time of knowing right from wrong or fully accepting responsibility. Literally, he was not taught how to be a good person. And so he's essentially a jerk for that. You can blame the parents. You can blame society. But you can't really blame him because, I don't know, he's affluent or that didn't even make any sense. Very quickly, we're going to run through a few things just before we run out of time, but I think the time will probably catch us before we get too many in-depth, very good stories. Missing Georgia Teen 15 was rescued after family friend sponsor in a picture on Snapchat. Check that out. That's an amazing story that came out there. A man tried to drink a $1,200 shot or a shot that was worth cost somebody $1,200. He tried to drink it and run. Life didn't work out so well for him because they uh, they obviously caught him and found a way to get the money out of him. Fox's Laura Ingram is taking some time off, a week off, after advertisers flee amid controversy for her show. Of course, she, of course, spoke illy of a teen that dealt with the Parkland shooting. The teen said, hey, advertisers, guess what Laura Ingram's talking about? And not only were the list of advertisers he listed in the tweet more than able to oblige and jump off the program, not paying her and Fox, many more followed suit. She's taking a vacation that Fox says was already planned for Easter, uh, so that's not the news part. And she's getting a lot of response and a lot of very vocal, very big support from execs at Fox News. However, comma, it is believed that a lot of the support is being pushed from the top, i.e. Rupert Murdoch is saying, you people need to buck up and stick by our girl. That's I, I don't know if that's even how he sounds. I'm, I'm just making that up. But that's what they're seeing on that level. Some internal Facebook internal Facebook posts were released about people discussing all the dealings they're having to deal with about Facebook. And some people are wringing their hands of the Facebook thing. Some people saying people don't understand us. And as you expect, a lot of people inside the business don't really get what's going on. And Jared Fogel is suing the judges and the prosecutors $57 million for putting him in jail because he did some bad things and they put him in jail. Anyway, we are done with time for the week. Make sure you share this podcast with a friend, with some enemies, and some random strangers. Follow us on Twitter, TH underscore conversation. Follow us on Facebook. This is The Conversation. And just be a part of The Conversation. We'll see you next week for more weekly wrap-ups of the stories that you say are the tops. <laughs>